Welcome to Why I'm Voting, a production of iHeartRadio. Listen, you already know this, but it's an election year. You might already be tired of hearing about it, but here's the thing. Democracy doesn't work without you. I'm Holly Fry, and I'm sitting down with many of my fellow podcasters from Will Ferrell to Stephanie Rule, as well as other luminaries to find out about their relationships with the ballot box, and ultimately, just to find out why they vote. I hope you're exercising your right to vote. And if you're not, I hope that their stories inspire you. Welcome to Why I'm Voting. Today, I have the honor, privilege, and delight of being joined by comedian, writer, director, and producer. It's a long list of jobs, and she does it with ease. Alana Glazer, who gained mainstream recognition with the show, of course, Broad City, which is how she became very regular visitor in my house, uh, which she also co-created. And now she has turned her talents and her intellect to a new web series called Cheat Sheet for the Voting Booth, which you can find along with resources to get registered to vote and to make a plan to vote at the website cheatsheetforthevotingbooth.com. Alana, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks, Holly. That was a really generous, kind, and empowering intro. I appreciate it very much. My great pleasure, I assure you. So the first thing I want to know is when you learned about voting. Was this like an elementary school situation? Were you older when you actually realized I have the power to cast a vote and that matters? Or some other time? First of all, I think when I was a kid, voting seemed like the way the world works, democracy. So maybe that's when I was a little kid. Wow, voting. Yeah, America. America's the greatest. And the whole world votes and is is aiming at democracy. It's this big idea up in the clouds. And then as I got older and became a voter myself, I remember also in high school, I couldn't vote when John Kerry lost. I remember I was devastated. And I grew up on Long Island in this very socially conservative town, and which is a lot of suburbs and a lot of Long Island. And I remember my teacher and I were, he was like progressive and we were both devastated when Carrie lost and Bush won. And I was so sad and angry that I couldn't vote. So then as I started voting, I started like realizing in my, in practice and in bringing my body to the polls and going and doing it, I realized not everywhere is a democracy and this is a privilege. And now as I get older, like in my later twenties, and early 30s, I'm 33, I'm like, oh my God, democracy is not afforded to everyone in this country. It, since the beginning, it has been designed for the wealthiest of white men and it has, and, and white people. I mean, you know, we are celebrating the hundredth year of women's right to vote, but really that meant, means white women. And it took decades for black women to be allowed. I mean, I want to say earn, but it's like they were earning it and doing the work that whole time. So I, I don't, that's not quite, quite the right word, but until they were granted by the state and um, indigenous women, I mean, the indigenous community has been kept down. I mean, you know, genocided since the beginning. So really that, that, that is what is just gripping my heart and hurting me. It should just be an app. We have apps for everything else, for, for sex, for food, for pictures. We should all just be able to vote on our phones. Yeah, I have an app for the liquor store. It's all easy peasy. For your local liquor store? Yeah. So you order ahead of time and then you just pick it right up? Pick it right up. They know me by name at this point. 
I know you mentioned like it's a little blurry in terms of remembering your first voting experience. Do you remember what it felt like the first time or few times you voted? Like, did you come out of that experience being like, I did my thing. I feel good about it. What was that like? I always liked the community feeling. And actually, oh my gosh, I remember when a vote was set up in fifth grade at my elementary school. And I think my mom volunteered at the polls. There's just an exciting feeling around it. The other community thing I grew up with, Hebrew school and synagogue, and that was always such a nice community feeling. And I grew up not with a lot of Jews, so I would see like people and their church community and sometimes like join my friends to go to church. And that was another version of community. And like I was really into art as a kid and dancing and all that. But like that's not the same as community. The feeling of, you know, synagogue or church or voting to see your community members in that light, in that context, you step into that space and it's, it's different. It's like, it's sweet. It's tender. You're taking care of each other. You're all seeing each other, taking care of each other, stepping up and engaging civically. I love the feeling of voting. I love the feeling of voting. And this year, you know, it's, it's always these older people volunteering at the polls. And in New York City, it's often older brown and black folks volunteering for the polls. Just want to shout out powertothepolls.org, which is now a way to volunteer to sign up since it's COVID times. If you're young, if you're young and white, sign up and volunteer to woman the polls because it'll extend the um, early voting time. But, you know, to see like older folks running is so dope. And I'm like, yeah, that's like the most respectful thing. I mean, they're working for the community, but it just is a time at which you like have reverence for your elders. And it's just, um, I feel really lucky when I vote to be able to vote. And it's, you know, they, they set up all these obstacles to vote. It's not easy to make a voting plan, but once you're there, once you're in the room, it's easy. Yeah. I, too, I love seeing everybody from my community that I don't always see. It does. It gives you a sense of, like, I'm not just voting for me and my future, but these people are also in this boat with me. Let's do it for each other. I know you are very active and you, because you have this new project in the works that helps people get information about voting, I am presuming you're very active in your local elections as well as the big every four year events. What is your research process like for that? How do you make sure that you're getting aligned with the candidates that you feel like best represent you and and best help all those people in the community that you see and you want to make sure are taken care of? Holly, it ain't easy. (laughs) It's never easy, dude. That's like why I started Generator because I'm like, this is hard. Generator is my nonprofit that I, one of my co-founders is Glennis Mahar and we founded it in 2016 to gather and talk about politics without feeling stupid. That's it. There's different iterations of it. These Jenny Socials, Voter Empowerment Dance Parties, Generator Lives, an interview series, this online movement to lower the bar- to make it easier just to use your Instagram to talk about politics and government without getting too partisan or whatever. It's hard. So what I do is, I mean, Generator is kind of my platform now to gather the best tools that I've found. We're not experts. We aggregate the experts. And I don't know. Every single election... I'm looking up what's my district, congressional what, Senate what, and I always forget from the last time. Every time. (laughs) I find out from like real full-time activists. I want to shout out Indivisible, one of my favorite organizations, which is a network of grassroots organizers, like three, at least three million members across the nation in like reps in every district. I 
make friends with indivisibles and DM them. So just indivisible, go to indivisible.org, type in your zip code, just find the Instagram group of your local indivisible chapter and just DM them. Be like, you know, be like, I'm interested. Do you have a protest coming up? Or I don't want to do full time, but who would you say I vote for? And I asked them for cheat sheets, which is why my web series Cheat Sheet for the Voting Booth came up because at these Jenny Socials, these voter empowerment dance parties that we throw, we create cheat sheets because it is hard. It's like, you know, cheat off the smartest kind kid in your class and we all win. There was a great example of it, uh, of something in New York. Jamal Bowman was um, the winner of this primary in, I think, in Queens in New York. And you think or I think like an idiot, Democrats, oh yeah, Democrats, just Democrat down the ballot. But no, that he beat this incumbent who was just entrenched in the establishment, you know, not not making change. Indivisible fought really hard behind this guy, Jamal Bowman and other organizations, but they're the ones I know. And that's how I do it. I honestly, I DM or text Liat Olenek, one of the co-presidents of my (laughs) my local Indivisible chapter. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. And what I try to do with Generator is like to release the shame of it. And it's like, it's better that you vote correctly and well than become this full-time, amazing, perfect, flawless activist or not do it at all. (laughs) I think that's the key, right? People are so worried about looking stupid that they're afraid to ask questions. None of us roll out of the womb with all the information. We absolutely all need assistance. So this year is strange. Because we're going to have to do a lot more mail-in voting, and there's a lot of fear around that. But normally, if this were a regular election year, and I think I might know because you talked about your love of elections specifically on the day, would you normally go day of, or do you go early these days, or do you mail-in? Being an entertainer, I know, shifts this all around. Right, right, right. So I've done mail-in because I'm somewhere else, not at home. Absentee and mail-in are the same thing. Don't get it twisted. But what I love to do is go in early in person. That's what I did in the June primary during COVID. Did it carefully. In New York, there was no lines. So I I just did one of the cheat sheet webisodes is with a friend of Generator, Ari Berman, a voter suppression expert. So here's the um, tea that I got from him. If you want to mail in your ballot, just do it early. Do it correctly. Don't have a meltdown. This is also what Ari Berman said at Ari Berman, LOL, if you can go in person and go early, the point is not to overwhelm the election board. That is what I'm going to do. That is what my close friends are going to do. My partner, we're going to go in early in person. And that's it. Fabulous. So on the day of, what does that day look like for you? Do you stay glued to the news all day or do you try to get some headspace away from it or some mix of the two? Mix a cocktail and pretend you live in another country. How does it work? So I planned a little trip just out of the city, just whatever, just a little trip out of the city for like the weekend after. I'm like losing sleep, revved up for this. I'm like struggling, honestly, with like self-care right now. And democracy is cool. You know what I mean? Gen Z and millennials are the new adults and it's our time. And we know what's up. We talk on Twitter, we talk on Instagram and the kids all up on TikTok. We prefer human rights over stealing human rights. This is the first time that Gen Z and millennials make up the biggest voting block ever in American history. You're very cavalier and casual about it. You have no interest or passion. Yeah, (laughs) my heart is so full. I Last night I couldn't sleep, my heart was racing. So what I'm gonna try to do is 
on election day, be talking to friends, but not watching the news. The news is just like a type of crack that we don't need. And I'll check in and I will be so nervous, but I need to focus on self-care that day. I'm very, I'm already waning in the self-care mode. And also November 3rd is not going to be how we get our answers. As you said, like we're going to need a lot of people to turn out. Everyone should be out there doing their part to add to this and vote. If there's somebody that you encounter in your day-to-day life who's like, meh, I I mean, I'm registered, but I don't know that I'm going to go. What do you tell them to try to make sure that they understand the gravity of being part of a democratic process and that it's on them to participate? I would say this, you know, in the past, like, I mean, so much of democracy in America so far has been about maintaining white supremacy. I agree. But it's also about breaking down white supremacy. While elections in the past have been less important, I mean, I think they're all important, but This is about life or death, truly life or death. Our country has lost 170,000 people unnecessarily, disproportionately killed black and brown people. This is an election about the life or death of Americans, the life or death of the planet. We are running out of time to heal the wounds we've caused on this planet. This is not, this is not an optional election. It is the coolest thing that my vote counts as much as Donald Trump's vote. Your vote, Holly, counts as much as Jeff Bezos's vote. I laugh at that. That makes me laugh. That delights me. Go and enjoy that. Um, Alana, thank you so much for hanging out with me and talking about voting. Thank you, Holly. You can tell it's burning from my loins. Hey, are you not registered to vote yet, but you think it's something you want to do? You may still have time. Voter registration deadlines vary by state, so to find out the scoop for where you are, check out a nonpartisan registration voting site like headcount.org or fairvote.org. Why I'm Voting is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to your favorite shows.